Hey guys, I'm Esther, owner of Sarah Design. And I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community and covering industry secrets and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hi guys, welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. We are so excited to be back in the studio recording. Well, technically our two studios, you know how it is. Yes. It's a remote podcasting life. Today we're talking about being a multi-passionate creative. And this is something that I'm personally, so I know Jen and I are both so excited to talk about this, but I'm excited because I feel like I've had a lot of like revelations and thoughts around multi passionate, creative tendencies for me. And this is just something that I've been diving into in my own journaling time. And it's it's really, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot. Like we all have so many things that we like doing. And I think in this episode, we kind of just want to talk through like the pros and cons and how you learn, how you are how you basically go about your life knowing that you are a multi-passionate creative and how can you best figure out your tendencies and stay ahead of things so that you don't like burn yourself to the ground. So there's a lot to unpack here. Clearly, I just had like a word fumble, but it's all right. We're we're going for it. Yeah. And you guys should see this amazing outline that Esther prepared for today's episode. And I feel like the overarching message that we want you guys to walk away with is that being multi-passionate is an asset. That's something that is positive about you, about your business, about the way that you serve clients. And it can be something to be celebrated. Sometimes it can feel really overwhelming when you like want to like go in a million different directions. And you don't know which is the best for you. Um, I was actually just talking about this with Lauren. So hi, Lauren. Um, so I know that she's going to enjoy this episode as well, but I feel like this is something that is just permeates our industry just because like, obviously we're creatives. Um, and there are so many brand designers, I feel like that it's not their only business. Like there are people who have product businesses, who do merch, who have candle companies, who do coaching, who do podcasting, you know, like there's just so much to, to dive into. Yeah. And like both business related activities and personal activities. So yeah, I'm excited about this conversation. But before we jump in, I want to hear about your week, Jen. What's yes. something good that happened and something bad that happened this week? Your rose and your thorn. My rose for this week is that I had two amazing discovery calls and I just sent a proposal out for one of them. She is an Amazon affiliate influencer for mom-related products. And I am just really excited to potentially work together I'll keep you guys updated if that project goes through or not, but we're going to put her site on Webflow, which I'm really excited about. She has a lot of content to organize, but no e-commerce functionality needs because all of her sales happen through affiliate links. So we were just looking at some inspiration. And yeah, I know it's honestly like the best combo, right? No checkout. (laughs) But then like also we need to have some more complex just content architecture needs that I feel like show it's probably not the best fit for. So really excited to send out a proposal for a Webflow project and also do brand, also do full strategy, messaging. I feel like I've been doing a lot more 
brand messaging recently, like tagline development, mission statement, USP value prop, like all of those types of things. And like, I just get so like nerdy when I get into that stuff. And aside from that, one of the big roses and like, is actually kind of insignificant, but I added the word copy to my Instagram bio and my positioning statement because I've been getting more interest in copywriting services. I actually had a copy only inquiry the other day. And she was like, I love how specific you are in your bio. <laughs> so I was like, oh, they obviously saw that it I paid off the word right away. It. it did. <laughs> it did. So I feel like just I'm moving into this new part of my business where it's not full service, but I am adding copy and strategic messaging in to the like brand strategy and creative direction side of things. Whereas for a lo- really long time, I was only focusing on design. And I feel like I'm empowering myself to know that like I can do this. I can write copy. I have all the skills I need. I've done it for happy clients in the past. So that's really yeah, exciting. And, um, and it's yeah. cool because you get to expand in like, while you might not turn into a full agency, or I know you tried it out for a little while and, and um, it's not fully for you, but you still have the capabilities to offer it. And bring people, bring contractors in if you need to, but also like you're passionate about it. So why not do it? Because you're passionate and you're skilled in it and just have it in your wheelhouse. I mean, that goes along with our theme for today is being multi-passionate. It's like, when should a skill become a business or when should it stay a hobby and retain that magic? And I think we're going to get into that. But yeah, that was the first inquiry. And then the second one um, was for a vintage shop who is moving, looking to move from Etsy to Shopify. And they have a pretty big following on Instagram. So they're not looking for any type of like, well, maybe not any type, but they're not looking specifically for like website traffic. They're really looking for the design and the UX mm-hmm. and like, I, you know, the content architecture. So I am really excited about that. I have not sent that proposal out yet, but just That's cool exciting. opportunities. And even if they I, like don't pan out, like how cool is it that my business is generating like that type of project, like lead? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm just in awe of that. So what's your thorn? Oh, well, my thorn for today, well, it's Valentine's Day when we're recording. My thorn is that I forgot to put together Ryder's Valentine's like for his class. And I had to like rush home and like do after I dropped him off and I saw everyone like with their Valentine's. And I was that one mom that like didn't have the Valentine's. And so I had to put those together and then I had to rush back and like get it to him so that he could participate in like Valentine's Day activities. So I don't know. It's funny because there's so many plates spinning so a ball is going to drop somewhere and yeah it did oh. it's funny because like <laughs> that falls so much on the parents to do but you kind of need to do it because otherwise your child feels left out and I know I'm like oh my gosh trauma. I don't want like his classmates to like be giving him candy and him not have anything like I they're two so like it's no one's gonna know like no one would remember no one would you care. never know he, whatever, childhood trauma he, creeps up honestly the- <laughs> like I could be creating <laughs> I could be creating no I'm not creating childhood trauma no trauma no trauma here no but trauma like, <laughs> that's my thorn. So very small and minor. It was fine. They sent me a picture of all of their cute little Valentine's Day baskets and he loves candy. So it's going to be a crazy afternoon. So pray for me. <laughs> yeah. What's your well, rose and thorn? My rose and thorn, I think kind of go, they're two sides of one coin. So I'll start with my thorn. I have been incredibly busy for the last couple of weeks, like stressed at my max, working till 2 a.m. nights, like just exhausted physically, mentally. But like, obviously I have work, so I'm very thankful for that. 
So the thorn with that specifically is just like realizing like how overworked I am and how much I'm putting on (laughs) myself and just feeling like I feel down on myself and I know I shouldn't feel down on myself because I am getting work and like I'm excited about it, but it's definitely challenging. And I've had a couple of client interactions past week specifically that have been really challenging for me. And I have come back with grace and like, I have stood up for myself and I'm really proud of that. So that's part of, I guess that's part of a rose too, but it's just been really challenging and I'm realizing how much of a growth spurt that I'm in right now. And so that's the rose specifically is Serif Design is in a humongous growth spurt at the moment. 2023 Mm -hmm. just decided that it was going to be the year that my business becomes humongous, like in the best way. Like I'm, it's, it's it's crazy. Like I'm starting to realize that Serif Design is turning into more of an agency structure, like full service agency structure. And we were just talking about that, but I'm offering a lot more things and I'm turning into more of a delegator and creative director, as opposed to doing all of the work myself, which is really exciting for me because I get to touch a lot more projects and I'm still leading them. I'm still like spearheading the design and then allowing other people to come in and support me. And that's huge because I've never done that before. I've been so scared to like let anybody touch my babies. And it's exciting to be in that space. So I've had a lot of like reflections, my 2 a.m. nights while I'm trying to fall asleep after a long day. Just realizing like this is as stressed as I am, this is just a growth spurt and it's really exciting. And I am super stoked to share more about this, like as through episodes later on in the season of just how my mindset is changing with it, how my business is changing and how I'm growing exponentially every day. And it's crazy. I'm like so exhausted from growing. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, please stop Stop growing, growing. but also like don't stop. You're working on like other projects too. You have an even bigger project that you are currently working on that is not related to this other client that is a little bit more difficult to manage. So like you've got plates spinning everywhere. I mean, if you had a kid, you'd probably forget their Valentine's Day cards too. Oh, for sure. For sure. (laughs) Makes me feel better about myself. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like I have, I have two huge projects and then I have a couple of small projects that I'm working on, but yeah, it's, there's a lot and it's been tough because Jake, my partner has been going in. He was really busy during the last couple of weeks and he had to go into the office every single day. And so I know like, Oh, bummer. I have the house to myself, <laughs> whatever. Like it was falling on me to then cook for the weeks because he yeah. was super busy, even though like I was busy too. It's just, you know, partnership is it's, you have to give and take. And mm-hmm. our dog was sick. So then I'm like taking care of the dog at home because he's at home, but I'm so busy. But now it's turning into the two weeks of like me being crazy busy and Jake is back. So he's now cooking every day and taking care of Cypress. And so it's give and take, of course, but it's just, yeah, it's been a tough couple of weeks, but I'm excited to be here and talking about some happy things. But on to the topic for today, being a multi-passionate creative, I wanted to start by reading a little bit of what I had written in my journal. I shared this on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. I started doing morning pages. I don't know if any of you guys have read The Artist's Way. Just like write three pages. Yeah, I'm familiar with 
morning pages. Do you like yeah. it? Should I start doing it? <laughs> I do like it. I am definitely not as consistent as I hope to be, but every day that I do it, I feel so good because I've gotten everything out onto the page. Like my thing goes, I'm talking about family half the time, then I'm talking about friends, and then I'm talking about my work and my like whatever. It just like very, it's like all the brain dump that's in my head. It helps to get it out on paper. Then I don't have to think about it anymore. So I do like it. Like I said, I'm working on doing it more often. I think now I'm doing it like two times a week, which is better than nothing. But this particular one I had written on February 2nd and I was not writing anything about creativity. And then all of a sudden I wrote, I feel like I have too many ideas, too many passions and dreams. It's funny because on the podcast, we're going to be talking about being multi-passionate, aka today. (laughs) In my head, I know it's honestly a talent and it's powerful to have so many ideas. Whoa, I just realized something. And then here's the big, the kicker. Multi-passionate people are the ones the universe trusts most with creative ideas. They say you'll never receive more than you can handle. So your many passions are a gift. You just need to hone them and how you use them. And when I realized that, I felt like it was giving me permission to be multi-passionate, to be able to do everything that I want to do. I want to do so many things and I can, like the universe has put those on me. And, and also if you've read, um, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, I forget what it's called. Big magic. Yeah, big magic. I was going to say about the ideas coming to the right people. Yeah. Yeah. That's so so like the universe is trusting you with so many ideas and you're being trusted with that. If you don't use it, that's okay. Like no pressure to use every single creative idea that comes to you because it'll pass on to somebody else. But just like relish in the fact that the universe chose you for that. Like you still had yeah. that come to you. You still were trusted with all of these creative ideas, whether they are business ideas or personal passions or hobbies or art that you're going to make. Like there's so many things and it's just really encouraging and like peaceful knowing that like, oh man, I get to do this. Like I get to, it's not, I have to, it's, I get to. Yeah. I also want to like start maybe go like take it back a little bit. Like what does it mean to be multi-passionate? Cause I feel like yeah. we're going to use that word so much and I kind of want to like talk it out a bit. Cause we yeah. are saying multi-passionate in the way of like, we have so many creative ideas, but multi-passionate can be a lot of things. And the business and financial times had written a definition about multi-passionate. They said, multi-passionate is a word that has become synonymous with confusion, jack of all trades, master of none. But the truth is multi-passionate is a human attribute with a definition. A few years ago, it was coined as a term to describe an individual who excels at more than one interest and passion. Ooh, the keyword there, excels. You're talented at more than one thing. Like you can enjoy doing a bunch of other stuff, but like There are just people out there where you're like, okay, wow, how are they so good at so many different things? And I feel like Esther is such a good example of that. I feel like me to some extent as well, but like, there's a lot of people that I I know that that are like that. You and Lauren, you and Lauren, I feel like I'm like, when I think about multi-passionate, like Lauren has so many businesses, so many interests, like, you know, and you're the same way too. So, but I guess I'm a little bit multi-passionate as well. I guess I am really multi-passionate. I feel like if I didn't have a kid, I would be like exploring a lot more of those passions. But like right now in this season, like that's, 
takes up probably like 80% of like my time. So yeah. Yeah. And I also, I think that going back to like what the business and financial times had written, like multi-passionate has been seen as this negative word of like, oh, yeah. you, can, you, you're flaky. Like you can't hold on to one specific thing that you want to do. But like, no, it's fun. It's fun. Who cares? Own it's it. fun to be multi-passionate. Yes. Jen, what are some of your creative hobbies and then some of your work interests? Okay. So one of the things that I feel like most recently I've been actually putting into practice is cooking. And that's not groundbreaking, but I feel like I've been approaching cooking with a little bit of a different perspective recently and allowing it to feel more creative. And I want to give a shout out. It is. I want to shout out to Ashley, who is one of the mini minders in my design mini mind program. She has a food blog called the design foodie. And she's starting a brand and website business called The Creative Zest, where she's going to be serving food-related entrepreneurs with brand and web design services. Um, and she has this amazing blend between this like creativity, this like exploration, and also delicious foods and recipes that are simple but gourmet. And so this past couple of weeks, we've been going through positioning. We've been talking through you know, sales and that process. And we've been working on positioning statements, taglines and all that type of stuff. And I don't know, something about like working with her and looking at her recipes and everything has just inspired me to want to find really, really good recipes, try them out, try something new, cook something different, be creative, maybe swap some herbs, maybe add a little bit more garlic. I usually double the garlic in any recipe that I do. Oh, same, same, same. I've just like, I feel like I've been approaching cooking with like, I can't wait to do this rather than like, oh, this is something that I like have to do because it's like my turn to cook or whatever. So I feel like that's like a really big one for me. But other hobbies I have are interior design, especially with our new home build, gardening. When I have my own garden, we do have a little garden here, but like I'm just practicing a little bit. What I'm really good at is composting, which does not take a lot of skill, which is honestly kind of hilarious. It actually kind Um, of does. (laughs) You're right. You got to have the greens. You got to have the browns. You got to aerate. You got to... There was a rat living in our compost for so long because the holes that I drilled in our compost bin were too big. So don't make the mistake that I made, people. (laughs) Um, But my compost, I'm proud to say, is doing very well. And we're putting our plants in for our spring harvest right now. So I will update you guys on the compost situation because I know everyone's on the edge of their seat. But I put down here travel, reading, board games, beautifully designed ones, watercolor painting. And then I put yoga and I put also, is this creative? Yeah, it and is. And I guess it kind of is, especially when I'm not following a video because like I can follow what my body wants, what 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 I want to do, what my body feels like I need. Like I feel like yoga can be kind of creative too. So yeah. those are my creative hobbies. And then work interests, obviously. Brand design, typography, mood boarding in particular is like my first love. You guys know that about <laughs> me. Education and then content creation um, with the pod and with other, you know, with Instagram. I've been really more passionate about that recently. So how about you? Yeah. I have a lot of hobbies, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> Esther's list is very long, but I love It's the same it. length as yours, but I could have oh, I could okay. have written out <laughs> way more as well. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely like tending to plants and gardening is probably my main hobby. I have a little greenhouse in my house. Like it's a, it's an Ikea cabinet that I turned into a greenhouse. It is beautiful. It's gorgeous. I love it. Um, and then obviously my garden and everything. Um, so I, I think that's my biggest like creative outlet. And then I also love, like, I love cooking too. I love going through cookbooks and trying new things. I love pottery. I had a whole class that I went to and Jake and I have like 
so many mugs that we've made and bowls that we've made. It's, it's fun. Um, I also love writing poems. I love baking. I love sketching and painting and cross-stitching. And I, I mean, like, there's so many things that I just get excited about the new shiny object. And and then I dive into it and I love it. And whether or not it's for a little season or if it turns into like a lot longer of a season, like I feel like gardening was not something that I did until like five years ago. And then all of a sudden it became like this huge part of my life. Um, yeah. Cross stitch was a part of my life for about two months. And then I had to take a break and then I come back to it every once in a while. And so I think like that's something that I always recognize with my creative hobbies is things come and go and new things are going to come in. Like I went to the Dollar Tree and picked up a whole pack of stickers because I thought that was fun. So like maybe stickers, is so, I don't know, like maybe I create <laughs> stickers. sticker books. I used to collect stickers when I was like a little girl in middle school. I had a really? stickopotamus sticker book and I bought the sticker sheets that had the little like six hole punches on the side. And did I use these stickers? No. Did I just it's keep just them a in my little book and look at them? It was just a sticker collection, guys. So yeah. I relate. I relate. I also have started a little bit of a paper collection, like lots of different Ooh. textured papers. They were lying down next to me. I, I laid them out because I want to take some pictures with them. But I mean, so many different things. Uh, let's keep going. Um, work interests. This is ever expanding. Like I said, I'm I'm toying with the idea of like turning Sarah into a full on agency because then I get to have my hands on everything um, because I'm skilled at lots of it. But I'm I'm not fully like honed in on every single aspect, right? Like I'm really really honed in on web design and development, but other aspects of it, like I'm decently good at. But things like web design, development, animation, creative direction, branding, strategy, copywriting, social media management, photography, like photo direction, videography. Like there's so many things that I get super jazzed about with work. So this is how I know I'm in the right field, right? Like I'm so excited about everything. And like packaging, like everything's so fun. And I love that I get to do... Yeah. And I get to do all of that. Like, and I have had clients where I have gotten to do at least one of these, like in one project. Um, so they're fun. And every time I find something new, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be an expert in that too. Like, let's add that to the wheelhouse because it's okay. And, and if I'm being honest, I sometimes think I need to learn more things. Like I know this is a lot already. I think it might be a little crazy, but Actually, I'm taking that back because we're re- we're owning this multi-passionate title. Like, it's not crazy. We're reclaiming just it. Just means yeah. we're curious, we're interesting, we are driven to learn new things, and we're excited about life and excited about being creative. And like, I think one of the big things is, like you said about cooking and how you're seeing it in a new light, it's like kind of romanticizing every aspect of life. Like, how can we take an aspect of life that we might have thought as a chore before and make it exciting. Another example, I'm like dressed up today a little bit. I did my hair, I did my makeup. I, I don't usually amazing <laughs> <Stop>. today. <laughs> um, I feel it. But I don't usually do this. Like I'm usually like a little bit of a slob. Oh, like you don't you don't shower usually. Well I'm I do sorry, shower. Shower but I usually shower, but I showered today. No, that's yeah. me. I actually sometimes I go a couple days and I'm like, wait. <laughs> Wait, do I stink a little bit? No, I I don't usually do my hair. Like I I brush it, but, and I'm lucky. My hair is straight, so it's fine. Um, But 
today I was like, oh, I'm going to start like, I think I'm going to start trying to like put myself together and like treat it as like practice slash like a creative retreat in a way, like doing my hair. I have to like learn new techniques to make sure that I can do it the way that I want to. And like, it takes 30 minutes to just like sit there and like do it all. And I don't know. I don't know if that's a hobby. I guess it is a hobby. Hair and makeup is is a hobby. hobby. I feel like, I feel like just recently after two years of being a mom, I decided to make getting ready a really important part of my morning routine. And like, I am able to do this because Dylan does not work full time. And I also have other people who live in my house who are ready and excited to watch Ryder, meaning my parents-in-law because of our current living situation with the home build. So I have been taking about 20 minutes in the morning, every morning to take a shower, put makeup on, do my hair. I put a podcast on. I lock the door. I got a shower speaker because I'm a Amazing. crazy person and don't want to be alone with my thoughts while I'm in the shower so I can listen to my podcast. Um, and it's just like, I feel like it's such a great way to set the tone for the day. And then also I feel like makeup can be like creative too. Like you can try like new looks. Like you could, I tried using the lip liner and clear gloss combo that I saw on TikTok and it looks so cool. And I don't know, it's just, there's something that's like, you know, this is getting more into like self-care and obviously self-care goes far beyond just putting your makeup on and taking a shower. But like, there's something about it that's like a treat for yourself, you know? And I feel like that's how I feel about getting my nails done because I just feel more confident and more like just myself and like the like, I don't know, not to get into girl boss culture, but like I just have a little bit of extra pep in my step when I can see on calls and like, oh, I got my nails on point. Like there's just, there's something about it. So yeah, I really love that. I love that. Well, I'm curious if we can dive in and talk about what type of multi-passionate we each are. So I know like we have a lot of passions, but there's a lot of different types of ways you interact with all of your passions. Like some people dive into one interest at a time and then you change to something else. Other people have multiple interests or jobs or hobbies happening all at the same time. Jen, do you off the top of your head know how you fall into this? I feel like I dive into something and I like, like my tendency is to focus on something for a really, 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 really long time, but then switch really quickly to something else and then do intense focus on that one thing. I feel like after becoming a mom, I've definitely become way better at like multitasking and jumping from task to task. But like, it pains me deeply in my soul to step away from an artboard that I don't feel like is like there yet. And that's just a reality of running a biz- like a design business. You have to be able to step away from your work. It's actually beneficial to your work to be able to step away from it in an unfinished state. But yeah, my natural tendencies are to like go crazy on like one thing for a really long time and then like come up for air and be like, oh, oh my gosh, it's 4 p.m. Like, you know, I used to do that all the time before I had writer. But I see that you are writing about getting burned out quick. I do the same thing. I'll like focus on something for forever. And I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like I have to switch tasks or like I found myself like task switching a little bit more often. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of like, that's that's where I lean. Yeah. I think for me, I... I tend to have a million things going all at the same time, but I I, I think I'm a little bit in between because I also have certain aspects where I'm like dive into one interest. And that 
typically mm-hmm. tends to be like the outside of work creative activities. So like I said, I have gardening yeah. that's always consistent, but then like one month I'm super into baking. The next month I'm super into cooking. The next month I'm super into cross stitching. The next month I'm painting. Like I can't do yeah. too much at a time because then I get extremely overwhelmed. And my downs, my downfall is like, I feel intense pressure to finish things when I know yes. it's, it's a freaking hobby. I'm like, I have to finish this cross stitch by the end of the month or else like, or else what? Yeah. Like nothing happens. <laughs> like it'll sit. I actually ended up like, um, abandoning one of mine and I, it's been two years and it's still sitting in my side table. And I started taking it out a couple weeks ago. And I was like, actually, it's kind of nice to like, still be working on this after two years. Like I didn't have to yeah finish and close up like a creative project. Like I get to come back to it when I want to. And so things like that. And like, like I said, I had done pottery for a while with Jake and we loved it. And then I took a two-year break, not because I didn't like doing it anymore, but classes kind of are expensive and it's time. And now Jake and I are signing up for a new class. So I get to like, I love that I get to come back to things, but I do think Actually, after talking through this, I think I'm more of a dive into one interest at a time type person. Yeah. Multiple like interest is only life. related to work. Multiple interest is only related to work. Yeah. I When I work out too, I'll like dive into like one thing. I'll just do yoga for like an entire month and like not do anything else. And then like, I'll be really into like weightlifting and I'll be like, oh, this is so fun. Like, why don't I do this all the time? I just, I've never been like consistently like, what, like mixing up or like balancing those hobbies. Like, I don't know. I just kind of follow what sounds fun at the time. And then like, I, I have to mix things up because like, I feel like I get bored really easily. And I feel like it's similar with hobbies and stuff like that. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. felt like having all of these creative passions because we are creatives ourselves, like, and we love so many different things. Do you feel like having all of them makes you want to turn all of them into a career path? Like, do you ever get that into that mode? Uh, yes. Yes. I mean, there've been so many times when I tell Dylan, like, this is too hard. Like, I can't do this. Like about my business. Like, it's just tough or I have a tough client or whatever. Like, I should just, I just want to quit and be a stay-at-home mom. Like, I would love that. I wouldn't have to work. I wouldn't have to do anything. I mean, obviously, like being a stay-at-home mom is a huge, like beyond full-time job. And he's like, you know what, Jen? Like, I love that you want that right now but you could, you could not, you would find a way to monetize some random hobby that you do, or you would go overboard with like volunteer work or you would join a nonprofit. Like he's like, I love you, but like, I just know you too well to know that like you would enjoy that for a little bit, but like you would find a way to like get back on Etsy or like start consulting. And then you would just start doing it all over again. (laughs) And then I would just start it all over again. So like, that's how, like you said earlier, like that's how you know that you're in the right space. And usually I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, and if I am going to be, you know, busting my butt to like run this business because, you know, as simple and spacious as I talk about, you know, like my lifestyle and my calendar, like it's still just hard work. Like there's no getting around having to work really hard to run a business. If I'm going to be doing that, I want to be doing it, doing this. Like I want to be doing mood boarding. Like I want to be doing brand design. I want to be consulting with clients. Like I want to be doing websites. Like this is what I was made for. So yeah, yeah, I don't think I I can escape it if if I don't want to. (laughs) I know. It's funny. Like I think about this a lot. I, there was a time 
<laughs> when I say there was a time, it was last summer. Last summer, <laughs> I started a my like plant TikTok. And I was like, yes. it would be great if I turned into a gardening and plant influencer and that was my whole job and I can stop doing this design stuff and like just focus on that and open up a plant store that's half a coffee shop. And I like have these dreams of like doing that. Maybe I'll do that someday. I keep saying like, oh, I'm going to open a plant shop someday, but who knows? Like it doesn't have to happen. It can always just be a little bit of a a dream or like just, I still can enjoy what I'm doing and not have to think about like the way to monetize it and to make it like this new thing, because I do love what I'm doing day to day right now. Like I don't need to, I don't, I want a plant shop because I want one, not because I actually want to do it right now. I know. Yeah. I think about that often because Dylan and I talk about like opening a bar together um, and like maybe making it kind of like board gamey and kind yes. of chill, maybe coffee, like not like a party club, but like more of like a cool bar with like craft cocktails. When you come back to Chicago, I'll take you to our favorite board game cafe bar. Oh my gosh. See, like it's that's really like cool. a dream of ours. But like, do we want to be like living the lifestyle of a restaurant startup? No, yeah, like, it's a, we don't it's a want that lot life. of work. It's intense. Like, but like, like I think I'm complaining about here about like <laughs> staying up till 2 a.m. doing stuff. But like, if you're working and you're starting up a whole new business, like, especially a brick and mortar, like you're working mm-hmm. weekends, you're working late nights, you're, you have, so yeah. it's, it's just a different realm and it's not bad. It just is different. And it just, it brings me back to like, the question was like, do you want to turn everything into a career path? But like, how do we enjoy, just enjoy being multi-passionate, but not turn everything into a career path? Do you have any yeah. thoughts? I feel like it comes back to intention and just doing things to, as with joy as the final product. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I, we're both so entrepreneurial minded, obviously like you quit a very stable career to go out and explore what doing this on your own would look like. And now, I mean, you're killing it. Like year three, things are really and same to for scale. you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. And I mean, all of our people listening probably have gone through and, or are going through something like this too. Yeah, exactly. Like I think, you know, at the end of the day, like I, don't, I keep on thinking about this thing that I read this one time that's, it was someone sharing about how they realized that they had burned out they were saying that their way to relax at the end of the day was to work with a movie on in the background. And I was like, okay, like that just like hits me really hard because like I've been there before where I'm like, crap, like it's after bedtime, like I need to work. But like, I kind of also just don't want to be working right now. Like there are definitely weeks where like I have to pull like late hours and stuff. But like when I sit down to cook or when I sit down, you know, pre-kid when I was doing a lot more painting and watercoloring, like that eventually turned into like an Etsy shop. But like, what is my intention? Like, what am I trying to get out of this activity right now? And I think if, if you define what that looks like for you, maybe that's joy, maybe that's stress relief, maybe that's shutting out the outside world and just allowing yourself to get into a state of flow or deep focus, like coming into any type of activity with an intention. I mean, this is my yoga teacher training, speaking here, set your intention for your practice of whatever that looks like for you. So that would be my advice that I like rarely take myself, but you know, that's how it is. (laughs) Yeah. I think that one thing I want people to like really take away is that 
like having all of these creative interests and ideas, like being multi-passionate is really like a humongous, humongous strength. And it's really just going to take learning how to focus on multiple projects and make progress on all of them and how to handle all of them to be able to live your best business life, your career, your like enjoy, have joy in creative things and also like use them to your advantage. There's this book called How to Be Everything by Emily Wapnick. And in that book, she she talks about like this, the question, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's I mean, that question when you're younger, it's just like, oh, I don't know, there's so many things. Like there's so many things that you could do. Like, why do we have to choose just one? And you don't have to choose just one. And so I wanted to talk through a couple of the approaches that she gives in the book. She has four different models of like how to run a business and be everything, but like take things at your own pace. And they're they're related to what we were talking about early. Like what type of multi-passion are you? How do you know? Like Jen usually does, you do one thing at a time. So do I typically, um, but some people might do a lot, but here's here's the different models that you could take. So there's the group hug approach. So this approach is about having one multifaceted job or business that involves wearing many hats. So I think this is maybe where I'm going in with like working my, starting my agency of like, okay, I'll have the agency. I'm the CEO of this, but like I get to wear lots of hats and like be in all these different projects. Then there's the slash approach. So this model involves having two or more part-time jobs going at the same time or moving between ones on a regular basis. So maybe you run your design business and you still do your candle shop on the side and you still do photography sometimes. That way you can get to like enjoy each thing, but like none of them become too huge that they take priority over one of the others. Like they're all, I'm sure like things can like change slightly, like based on the season of business you're in. But in this way, you get to have the plant store you want. You get to run the bar that you want and you get to run your design business. Like this is all dependent on your capabilities to like not sleep, I guess, but it's an approach. <laughs> like, do you sleep? Do you eat? Do you shower? Maybe. <laughs> right. Like choose two of the three. I Maybe know. it's like oh, the gosh. Etsy shop that you're doing on the side or like babysitting. You enjoy doing that or you enjoy... I don't know, watering people's plants. So like it could be anything. Dog walking. Dog walking. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Then the third approach is the Einstein approach. So in this approach, you have one full-time job or business, but it leaves you time and energy to pursue other passions on the side. So in this way, you have to be very strict with your boundaries, right? Like you have your so you're running, obviously we're all designers here. So let's talk about running your design studio. You set the boundaries that like okay, I don't work past X amount, X time. I don't work on the weekends because on the weekends is when I want to do all of these fun things that I'm really excited about. Go to these workshops, go to museums, like fuel my creativity and also like be creative in other ways that's not related to my business. This also doesn't have to be like, maybe you are not running your design studio right now. This is something you thought about doing, but maybe if this is an approach you want to take, you stay in your corporate job or you stay in like another stable job and then you still leave the time to pursue the passion of doing design on the side. And then we have lastly, the Phoenix approach. So 
This approach is where you work in a single industry for a few months or years, and then you change careers to another industry. So maybe you were working in corporate world, and then you decide you're going to work and try to do the studio thing for a while, and then you're going to go back and you're going to work corporate again, or what, like go into nonprofits or whatever that looks like. But you get to experience so many things across the span of your life, just not all at one time. It's a lot. There's there's a lot. I would dec- definitely recommend reading the book, How to Be Everything by Emily Wapney. We're going to put in the show notes the book title and um, the author and a link to go purchase it if you want to. Definitely go through it because everybody has their own different style and what's going to work for them. And maybe you have to like jump between different approaches and try them out. I feel like it was so cool to like see these actually written out because I feel like when you're when you're multi-passionate or when you see other people who are multi-passionate, it just feels like you're either a unicorn or they're a unicorn, but there are so many of us out there. And to to see all of these like different approaches as ways to celebrate and utilize the like multifaceted, multi-passionate perspective that you might have or all of the skills that you have was really cool to to look at. And it, it makes me think about when I was graduating college and everyone went off and got a job in the corporate world. And that's just kind of what you did. And that's what everything, your whole college experience was leading up to. Even graduating out of journalism school where freelancing is a little bit more normal. Um, it was all about what news agency are you going to go work for? What brand are you going to work for? You know, like what are you going to, if you're doing engineering, what consulting firm are you going to work for? And it was very strange, I feel like, for me to talk about wanting to potentially pursue doing something that was outside of that like framework. And especially, you know, in a post-COVID world, it's a lot more normal now to be doing the type of things that we are doing. It's less difficult, I feel like, for me now to explain, well, I I run a full-time studio, but I work part-time hours and I have a two-year-old and I also am building a home and I'm, you know, there's just a bunch of things going on. Like I feel like so many more people have that story now and it's so much more relatable. So anyways, just seeing all of these different approaches like actually named and written out, I like, I was like, I feel like I could identify like a friend or someone I know that fits into every single one of those categories. And yeah. I, that realization to me, is just so cool that like, how amazing is it that like our lives don't have to be this like carbon copy of all the people around us or people right. like previous generations that like that was the, what you did is you you grew up and you went to college and you got a job in corporate and then you got married and then you had kids it's like everyone can make the, the most of this one like beautiful precious life and make it look the way you want and i don't know maybe that's just me being overly romantic about it but like i think it's something that is really important i think it's so beautiful um, so yeah Thanks for understanding what I was trying to go for there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool because I know you had written down what you think you are. And I would definitely agree. Like Jen is an Einstein. Yeah. She's an yes. Einstein. She has a full-time job, but it gives her time and energy to pursue other passions on the side. Because you yes. work part-time hours and you get to do all the extra things like building your home and like playing with your kid, like being creative with the activities that you do with him. And when you do have time playing games and like doing and cooking and like things like that. So that's definitely your MO. I wrote down stuff, but I'm curious what you think that mine is. Cause I wrote down the wrong thing. I think you did. I feel like 
I feel like you're more group hug now that I like read through it and or like slash, but you don't have like different jobs though. So I don't know. Yeah. But you also had a little bit of Phoenix too, though, because well, it's not like you went to, you were in advertising and then went to a different industry. And like, so you had a career switch, but it was kind of in the same. It was all in the same, right? Because I I went from, I went from advertising to nonprofit to working to running my own studio. So yeah, I think group hug. I think group hug. I think group hug, but I wrote down, like, I want to fall between Einstein and Phoenix. Like I want to have a full-time job (laughs) that gives me time and energy to pursue my passions. And I also want to just focus on one thing at a time, but realistically, I'm definitely a group hug. I feel like for you, what you need to do, and you have to follow these steps exactly is clone can yourself. we be multi-passionate? Can we be multi-passionate in all of these approaches? <laughs> yes. Like, can we just be like, a combination of every single I love one? Them all. Like, I can't pick. Like, no, but actually clone yourself, figure out a way to clone yourself and then live like five different lives in five different industries and be able to have all of those experiences. There you go. Boom. I solved it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I just do need to like live out all of these at some point. Like I already did the Phoenix approach, right? Like I yeah. I was in a couple of things. Like I sort of have done the Einstein approach a little bit, like early on in my business, yeah. I, I had more time and now I'm working in this group hug. I don't know if I ever really want to do this slash approach. Yeah. Feels I don't know. I mean, not me. yeah, it's like, I, I just, we both just like to dive deep and do <laughs> we like, like to go psycho. We like to be insane and stay up all night and not have a life. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, think um, about what we're doing now. We're running a podcast and you're running a mini mind and we both yeah. have our studios and what else? Like, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot. But and my kid just goes forgotten. It's so sad. No, I'm just kidding. No. He's fine. He's happy. No, he's fine. He has his Valentine's. So we're, we're all good. But... Okay. So lastly, as we wrap up, I just wanted to like take a deep breath. (sighs) That was a lot. And I feel like there's, (laughs) when we, when I talk about like all these creative ideas, I start to, I always have more ideas like, Oh, okay. I have all these, I have 10 things. Like how about 12 that it doesn't feel that much larger, but now that we know it's okay to be multi-passionate I kind of want to just leave you guys with some tips to go about your days because it can be easy for us to like, like we said, go psycho and dive in full on. So here's four different things. Break up your day-to-day work. So give yourself some breaks in between. Give your mind a unique creative challenge during those breaks. So maybe that's like doing a puzzle or like it could be just a game on your phone to just let your mind think about something different that's completely different. Do a little crossword or something. Give your minds a break, rest and let your creative thing just be a hobby. So that's what Jen was saying, like lean into the joy aspect of things. Like don't always turn it into (laughs) a business or don't turn it into like this task, like with my my cross-stitching, like just let it be joyful in the moment. And then just connect with the world, like romanticize it, like, connect with communities and and use your all of your passions for the better of the world because then it's going to feel more rest restful too. Yeah, I love that you said like rest. Just just rest like re- let resting be a hobby. Like I've spoken about this before but like I find resting uncomfortable 
at times, although it's what I desperately need, you know, and it can feel twitchy and not right. But like, I think the more you do it, the more you get better at it, especially if you're bringing intentionality into it and you have like a goal. But you know, with number four, you're talking about connecting with the world. Call somebody on the phone, call a friend you haven't talked to in forever. This has been a practice that I have kept up throughout my entire career as a military spouse is just calling friends that I haven't talked to even in months sometimes. And most of the time it goes to voicemail because people are busy, but I just leave a message and I just say, Hey, oh my gosh, I've been thinking about you. Like, I hope everything is going well. No need to call back if you're in a busy season right now, but I just want you to know that I'm thinking about you. Like I love creating space in my days to allow for those types of thoughts to like bubble up. And that's how I feel like I've maintained a lot of really close friendships over distance and and time. And, uh, you know, like we do our jobs so that we, for most of us, freedom and flexibility are those two words that I saw all like over and over and over again when I was doing a lot of market research for my, for my group program, allow yourself to enjoy that freedom and flexibility. And I'm telling myself this because it's so, so hard. So be passionate, pursue your things, but like, remember why you started and like allow your business to support the things that yes you, that you are going yes, to like to miss if you don't do them because life is short people garden go out to dinner try something new i'm like literally guys have fun or else i'm coming for you <laughs> <laughs> or else or else yeah i love that Before we jump off, let's answer our inbox question today from Juliana Porter. She asks, how do I stop comparing myself? I love the work I create, but I'm always striving to be better. And sometimes I feel like I get imposter syndrome along the way. What are your thoughts, Jen? I would say unfollow other designers. I would say get off social media. (laughs) I would say get outside and take a walk. I would say... I mean, just a message to you, Juliana, and this is also a message to Jen, baby Jen, back in the day when I was experiencing my year of resistance of starting this business. A year, guys. It took me a year to even get the courage to even start. <laughs> is that you, if if you have this innate desire to do what we're doing or to pursue what you want to do, you have that desire for a reason. And whether Mm -hmm. or not you currently have the skills or whether or not you think those skills are good enough or whether or not you think you deserve it or whether or not you think it's going to work, you have to give yourself the chance to try. And you can't do that if you're constantly living in or designing from living in a place of comparison. You just can't. Um, Think about worst case scenario. Like you fail, you suck, whatever. It doesn't work out at least you tried. The worst case scenario is that you give up or you don't start because you... I think it's that you don't start. Or that you don't start. Yeah. Like because you, you have felt too much imposter syndrome. It's a syndrome for a reason. I feel like syndrome... Well, I don't want to say that means it's not real because that's not true. But like it's... I don't know. It's something that like you're... I'm always going to deal with. Esther's always going to deal with. You guys are always going to deal with. But you can learn to work through it and understand that those thoughts that pop up, those limiting beliefs are not 
true or real and you can like learn to work through them. So that's my soapbox about this question. What do do you have to add? Yeah, I was going to add that I think the best way that you can combat imposter syndrome is by doing your own thing. And I know this is like so much easier said than done, but like living out what you feel like is best when it comes to your design style. Like my design style is different than a lot of designers that I see. And that's not because I've tried so hard to be different than them. It's because it just is like, that's just what comes out of my brain. And so living in that, like allowing yourself to be creative and fun. Like, I don't know if maybe you sketched when you were younger and like your sketches. Some, some people might think like, oh, those are ugly, but like other people think it's so beautiful and it's your own unique style. Like if you look at different cartoonists, like their style of drawings are so different than each other and that's what makes them unique. And it's not because they were looking at some other cartoon and was like, oh, I'm going to like try and like copy the way that the nose looks and the the face looks for each person. Like, no, do your own thing. And I, I know that's sometimes easier said than done, but just practicing, like it really comes down to just like, honing in and doing it and trying not to, like Jen said, like delete stuff off your phone if you feel like you find yourself copying people because it's not beneficial to just be doing that. And that way you're not going to be comparing because you're not copying anybody. Yeah. I think like go back and listen to our previous episodes about cultivating creativity, about finding creative inspiration. I feel like that usually makes me feel a lot better when I am collecting inspiration for a project and I'm like, okay, wait, how do I make it stand out, but also like have my finger on what works best for this particular industry? You know, it's a, it's a fine line that you have to walk because I don't Mm -hmm. know if I've ever approached a project without an inspiration starting point, you know, like, I mean, maybe a creative project for my own self, but like when you're working with clients, like you have to like, at least talk about what the inspiration for the design would look like or colors or what do they like, you know? So it is a fine line, but you have it in you to create new things that the world has never seen before. Or even if you do create something that looks kind of similar to what something else has made, like you have created it with your client in mind, with your strategy, with Mm -hmm. their needs, like their audience, you know, and that should be something to be celebrated. So let us know what you think about that. Yeah. I hope that helps. I think it did. Well, I'm so glad that we had this conversation. I felt like it was very permission giving for me to just let me be okay doing all the things that I do and just learning how to. As you're just like hair flipped when she said that, (laughs) be the best. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, we need to have this video up. I know. (laughs) Some someday we're gonna have our YouTube channel with all of our videos. I know. I know. My friend Brittany just started a podcast and they, their production is like 10 times better. <laughs> not, not production. No, John, we love you. But like they, they do YouTube. They have a whole like video camera set up. Like I'm like, okay, <laughs> I love you Brittany, yeah. if you're listening, but we'll, we're doing our best for you guys. Thanks for, we're thanks doing for what we can. sticking along. <laughs> yeah. Well, share with us what your passions are. We would love to hear them especially if they're unique and different than us. Like maybe it'll make me want to do that. (laughs) I know. Esther has so much time on her hands, guys. She needs more hobbies to fill all the free time that she has. So please send ideas for what Esther can do with all her free time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I wish. Someday I'll have free time again. 
Well, thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week with another episode that we're super excited to record. We record all the best episodes, so. Oh, we do. This is just basically one big ad for our podcast. We're just like, yeah, we're, we give the best oh, advice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> thanks for sticking with us, guys. Oh my gosh. And I really enjoyed this conversation. This was like, I feel like I was just laughing so much. I don't know. I love you. <laughs> yes, it was good. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air, or you want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thanks to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week. 